You're listening to Sprott Money's Monthly Wrap-Up with Craig Hemke. Well, hello again, everybody from uh, Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. It is now the end of January and it's time for your monthly wrap-up. The month of January is already over with. Uh, I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us today to wrap up the month is my old friend, Andrew McGuire. Andrew is a director at Kinesis Money and a world-famous trader of all things gold. And it's good to have him join me this month. Andy, good to see you, my old friend. Hey, great to be with you there, Craig. And uh, yeah, I mean, nice impromptu little visit. Um, didn't even have a shave for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's what old guys are supposed to do. Uh, we're supposed yeah. to look yeah. like, you know, grooming habits out the window. You know, we don't even <laughs> care anymore. Um, yeah. Hey, before we get started, just a reminder of what Sprout Money is doing here this month. You can actually going to extend it all the way into February. It's a leap year, by the way. So you get an extra day in February. Uh, through February 29th, if you buy yourself a thousand ounce silver bar, of course, Andy uses those to work out. He sits there and bench presses them and does all this. But if you buy a thousand ounce silver bar, you can store it at Sprott Money for free for 90 days. That's not a bad deal. So go to SprottMoney.com. You can get more details there. Of course, you can just pick up the phone and give them a call at 888-861-0775. Andy, I bet you got a bunch of thousand ounce silver bars laying around, don't you? Yeah, as you say, it's good for working out. <laughs> um. <laughs> if like, like if it ever snows where you live, you can put them in the back of your car and get better traction. You know, there's a number of things you can do with those things. But uh, I mean, do you know what? Most people have never lifted one of those suckers. They are very very heavy i mean we're not joking around i mean it's 16 yeah. some odd pounds right <laughs> you can sit there and curl them um anyway a, a great investment especially with silver i were down here 23 dollars uh 23.50 something like that very near the cost of production that's pretty good uh investment with definitely more upside potential reward than downside risk you would think from here uh andy it's been a heck of a month uh, we'll wrap it up. We're recording this ahead of Powell's uh, FOMC and press conference here on the 31st. So we're just going to go with what we know. It's been a heck of a month. Uh, gold's been under pressure most of the month, but it's kind of rebounding here late in the month. What have you seen? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, to be honest, not unusual to see this kind of action. Um, if you remember last year, we opened up uh, and we had the opening of Basel III legislation, and we had the uh, gold being morphing into a first-year asset class, and, and we had a, a the usual pushback from uh, from the officials. Um, and we've seen a bit of a pushback because, hey, gold is looking like it really wants to break out, and um, so we've got a lot going on. Um, and I think you know the the stories are enormous. I mean, put geopolitics aside just for a for a second. Um, because obviously there's a lot of reasons to want gold in a, in a in an unknown situation like now. But that aside, and I mean, as you say, we've got power coming up shortly. What are we talking about? An official, a little bit of an official intervention. However, as much as every single technical analyst out there was expecting very much lower prices into the 1900s, and in some in some instances, saw saw lower than that. But but basically, what's thwarting that is basically de-dollarization, and and we're seeing every ramp in the dollar 
being sold into. And it's not being sold into to buy the pound, the euro, or any other FX currency. Yes, it is the least dirty shirt in the uh, laundry bag, but we're seeing gold being purchased. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that where we have a really good insight is into the wholesale market. And we deal with a lot of first-tier liquidity providers who are very open about the fact that there is huge central bank interest in gold. Um, uh, silver, we'll talk about silver in a minute because you mentioned silver and yes, it is a hell of a bargain. Um, but central bank buying is enormous. And, and, and I think you wouldn't notice that had you seen, if you look at the, just at the, if you're in a short, look at a short time chart and you take a chart from the 1st of January and you look into the end of the month here, uh, well, of course, it was first notice day. And, and you always expect first notice day to be uh, probably the point where things turn around. So, yeah. Uh, and, but essentially, you wouldn't realize if you looked at that, because it's all leverage against an unleveraged uh, uh, physical market, how strong the central bank buying is. And it's nothing. It, yeah, geopolitics is obviously another factor. But this is about de-dollarization and it is massive and it is so far advanced. And I just did something very recently on that and it is not realized how advanced that is. And um, I don't know um, if uh, if you happen to have seen the, the last episode I did, a line from the vault, but brought attention to um, a chap called uh, Setster. Um, and um, this guy is the... Uh, former u.s trade and treasury official his name is brad setster and he assessed that china's reported 3.24 trillion of foreign exchange reserves was only half of what is realized and he was he was talking about this presents a new risk to the global economy and and he's this i mean his, his words he, he said it's so china is so structural to the global economy that obviously his concern was this is going to have an enormous impact at some point, but I guess what we're saying is, and what our first uh, first tier liquidity providers are saying, which is I'm hoping provides a bit of an insight because that's an angle that we really have a a, a, a close uh, side uh, look at. Really, everyone is saying, "Hey guys, this is where, where do you think this the, these foreign exchange this extra three trillion of foreign exchange reserves?" sit you think they just sit in the dollar right. you need to de-sanction yourself you need to i mean there's a hell of a lot of stuff coming down the pipe so and this to me explains why we have an estimation uh, from all our liquidity providers the estimation is somewhere plus or minus forty thousand tons and a lot of people have come up with estimates the twenty thousand tons uh, to more than 40,000 tons. But that kind of really backs up what we really, really believe. And and I think when it comes from the kind of people that we're dealing with, we, who are first-tier liquidity providers in Russia, uh, China, and in that part of the world, I take notice. And I really believe that this extra $3 trillion that, let's face it, you're talking about the ex-former uh, Treasury official, who already had figured that this that this um, 
shadow banking, uh, the shadow banking reserves were in China. So it's interesting, interesting times. De-dollarization to me is so much more advanced than anyone thinks. I think that's probably going to be a pretty big driver going forward through the rest of this year, right? I would imagine that central bank, that's reflected in the central bank demand, which we've now had two years in a row, right? The highest central bank demand in over 50 years. That's exactly so, right. Correct. So, Andy, I, I have thought, you know, you mentioned technical analysts thinking this last pullback was going to go to 1800 or something like that. Mm. You know, and early in the year, mm. I saw a technical analyst saying, oh, yeah, well, gold's going to 1200 and that sort of thing, uh, just based on where real interest rates are. And I, and I thought all along, they can't do that. There's demand would be so great. You'd break the whole system if they let the, the digital price fall that far. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think if, if here's the thing. If you just, if one just looks at, if one believes that the market is the COMEX, if you believe in your mind that that is the only thing you need to look at, if you don't look at the, what is underneath all of that, right. then yes, I can believe how you could say, technically, we could go to zero in silver. <laughs> right. Technically, we could go to zero. Right. And, and it's so, you know, these guys, and these CTAs, uh, what I call the non-sticky guys, the guys that don't realize that gold is a first-year asset class, who who employ gold um, as a hedge to other um, to other risk investments. And there is a certain percentage of these CTAs who used to be very much just rinsable. We're not rinsable because they're using gold for, even though it's paper gold, they're using gold for what it was what it really is what it says on the box you know as a as a as a risk hedge um but it's the very it's, it's the largest percentage of them and you know you had a bloomberg bloomberg was estimating that the oil market is going by these ctas running some some they're between 70 and 80 percent of right. all oil trades run with these ctas right well, they also mentioned in the same report, these are the same guys that trade gold and silver. And and so is it any surprise that these guys can be led by the nose? And we call them the useful fools right. of the cartel because right. you know exactly. You, you're, you're running the book. You hold a book on there. You sell, you sell them credit, right? And you know exactly where their credit is untenable. So again, this is the same story, Craig. I know you've known this. You know this as well as better than most people. Once you've sold them the credit, and you know where their pain point is, you just lead them to do something, and then out they go, rinse. Right. And right. there is so yeah. Technically, if you didn't look outside of that Comex bubble, and you didn't realize, hang on a minute, that's not plausible because. Look at all these central bank demands now. And there's a little thing called T plus two demand. So the minute gold became um, a first year asset class and it is NSFR compliant in the over-the-counter markets, which unfortunately many US traders are not able to touch since 2013, a kind of evicted from the over-the-counter markets, forced to trade in this bubble. So it's understandable. Well, why would you look at anything else? You look at the COT report. And you see, oh, look at all this short interest. Swap dealers are, are, are sort of gross short, even though they might be net 
net net net, you know net long on 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 a intra intra month basis you know what what they're not realizing is hang on a minute there is because the the related market the -the over-the-counter market which they require a hedge on because their over-the-counter position is physically backed because it has to be physically backed to even to, to be a provider of a liquidity provider in uh, London, where say in London or the over-the-counter markets, wherever you are in the world, you have to be NSFR client. You have to have the physical to back that position. So then you can run the short, you run the short hedge in the COMEX. So when you look just at the short position, you're missing the fact that, hang on a minute, there's a long on this. And yes, you know, we know that they'll leverage that position. So you've got these guys, CTAs to be pulled by the nose to do stuff. So yeah, you can probably figure out, well, there's a there's a point. Yes, it's I'm backed, but maybe I'll, I'll throw a few extra uh, shorts in there. And knowing that, well, I can probably get them to get these guys out at a certain point end of the month, options expiry, whatever it might be. But I think to answer your question, the game's changed because now, because you've got this physical uh, physical backing to really what is the 10 times larger market, and we're looking at the, the this tail wagging that dog, the Comex tail wagging this dog, we're finding that it really is, is that we're reaching a point where the physical market is really, really going to dictate the extent that you can take a the goal down. Right. It is simply not possible because there's an EFP backdoor. So the minute and you watch the EFPs every day, you track them, you talk about it all the time. But that EFP is your backdoor. It's the Achilles heel. It is the ability to take a Comex warrant <laughs> and transfer it over to a physically deliverable NSFR uh, position, which has to be delivered. So that is a backdoor out of the COMEX. So you play that game too deep. And of course, the insiders who have a foot a foothold in, who are market maker in the COMEX, market maker in the over-the-counter markets, well, of course, they're not going to expose themselves to a delivery obligation they right. cannot or do not wish to fulfill. So, yeah, I think we're... we're, we're we're looking at a much healthier market. It it in uh, I, I it kind of sum it up as the dips will continue to be shallow, uh, and not prolonged and extended like some of the technical analysts would tell you. And it, it we saw that just this month. Well, we were down fifty dollars at one point uh, mid month, and now as we wrap up the month, we're almost all the way back to even on the year uh, in terms of both the spot price and now the new front month. Uh, April contract on Comex. Um, Andy, let's let's shift to silver for the back half of this. I, I just saw this morning another report from the Silver Institute. You know, if we want to talk about physical demand, they're mm-hmm. projecting 1.2 billion ounces of physical demand this year, and that you know I guess still has some rather conservative uh, investment or retail demand components to it because as you've taught me you know when the price of gold gets up people in india turkey places like that they start to buy more silver so i just wonder if the whole picture for silver doesn't again present a pretty pretty compelling uh image in terms of risk versus reward here what do you think yeah and and you just i mean this is how we open the show silver 
I mean, silver to me is is really, is, as we know, is the the most undervalued commodity on this planet mm -hmm. Earth. There is no other. Uh, we all know that, um, but it doesn't help when you have this game really played inside this bubble, and 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 so so it's the dislocations that we're looking at, and so when we made a bottom in silver. Uh, that spike bottom that we saw what, about a week or two ago. I, I should have haven't got the uh, chance. Down to 20, 2204 and 10 days ago. There you go. I knew you'd know exactly what day it was. Well, but that was the day uh, that very that, that very next weekend and on the Monday we had Indian wholesalers. Now these guys never pay over spot. They, they they don't have to. They they know they're savvy guys. They know exactly where to buy thousand ounce bars, um, at refiners, um, Dubai places that you can buy it under spot. Ran out completely. Hmm. Now they weren't just chasing us. They were chasing every single desk I know from Switzerland. You name it. They're saying they they'd already been through all the refiners in in uh, Switzerland and 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 Germany uh, LBMA bars they're not too bothered about an LBMA bar but yeah it's because they're going to melt it down they're going to do all that stuff with it so they want LBMA bars they wanted it from the refiners so seeing as the refiners had no more to give them and this was on the monday following this spike low and we also saw 503 tons suddenly enter the uh, ETF, the SLV ETF that very next day. But what it told us was, hang on a minute, these guys have no, have no physical, they have no thousand ounce spars or not enough thousand ounce spars. So they pay, were willing to pay over for it. Now, I think what fooled everyone Comex centric was, hang on, um, look, look, retail demand soft. Well, let's short the hell out of silver. It's soft, you know. But what they're failing to see is on the wholesale side, it was not soft. And it takes a while, to, as you know, to feed through. And by the time it feeds through and you're seeing $10, $12 premiums in, in coins, it's already it's already done. You know, it's already done. So, um, So to me, it was really interesting that silver... And I really believe that silver at 90 to one, which is mind boggling, actually mind boggling to me to even think. I mean, what, what kind of a synthetic bullshit trade that is where you right. can actually believe in this world that it would take 90 ounces of silver to buy an ounce of gold. I mean, it is it is pure syntheticness. And 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 as this de-dollarization feeds through and again, it's going to affect silver big time. And gold, as gold rises, there comes a point where you you cannot drive it to 100, 120. What are you going to do? Drive it to 120 to one when gold is being going to be revalued? What the hell is going to happen to silver? Well, I, I don't know if you see the same level as me, but most of our liquidity providers figure you get over 35 bucks in silver. Goodbye. It, it, we're at 50. We're at probably 200 at that point there you don't you can throw everything out it's, it's no longer a synthetic market because anyone that is it trading that ratio trade is going to dump both sides they, mm -hmm. they want out of that trade it's no longer a feasible trade and that means 
that's where the bubble is. To me, that's where this synthetic world of 90 to 1 lives. Because other than that, it should be 8 to 1, should it? Yeah. Right. Hey, it, it's, it's funny you mentioned the CTAs, the hedge funds being led by the nose by the banks. Uh, four times last year, the, those banks, if you got dig into the weeds and the commitment of traders report, the hedge funds ended up being net short, the banks net long, the swap dealing banks, and it immediately marked a bottom and a short squeeze. I, I mentioned that low that you said back on Monday, the whatever it was, 22nd, we dipped yeah. all the way down to 2204. Tuesday, price began to rally a little bit. It was still 2220 or something, Andy, but that was yeah. the, the commitment of traders survey day. Yeah, we got that yeah, committed really. to traders last Friday. And guess what? The funds were net short again as of Tuesday. No, you're kidding. I'm stunned. And now price is what? A dollar, dollar and a quarter higher off the lows already? Gee, gosh. Amazing. And the swap dealers at that point, even at that point, before before you'd seen the rest of that, always the big moves always happen after a Tuesday, uh, as we yeah. um, <laughs> and And by design. Uh, so, uh, because that report could actually be published at the end of every day. We yeah. know that. They have the data. So we're just withholding it for as so in other words, that that is a tool of the cartel. So so in other words, why are they so when they fix it at that when, when they captured it at that level, they couldn't actually hide. The swap dealers couldn't actually hide. They were gross long and gross, you know, they were gross long. They were as net well long. as net long. Well, I mean, who's going to win this bet, for God's sake, right. in this world, bubble world? Right. That's what I've always said, Andy. If we all recognize at tops that the banks are heavily short and, and the funds are heavily long and we know what's going to happen next, well, when it's the opposite, why wouldn't you expect the same thing? And uh, it's playing out again. It'll be fun to see where we go from here just as we wrap up, Andy, some thoughts Looking ahead to February, it's going to, you know, we get this Fed behind us. We got the next jobs report on Friday. We got all, you know, go through all the data again. What are your thoughts as February begins? Yeah, well, okay. Well, obviously, uh, we've, we've got Powell later. Yep. Um, and he will already have the non-farms payrolls data. So, because obviously that's on Friday. Of course, they have the data. All the insiders right. have that data by now anyway. Right. They had it probably on Tuesday. Um, so, what it, I would watch personally, what if what he says, um, it, he will know what that data is. So I kind of he'll give it away. He'll give it away when he talks about a strong or weaker dog, dog chops yeah. number, or whatever it might be. But to be honest, it's all bullshit. All of that is irrelevant. It is short term chart chatter. Of course, we are moving into a year where we're going to see a revaluation in gold. And uh, of course, a revaluation in gold because de-dollarizing is going on. And that hasn't even, we haven't even talked about geopolitics. I mean, right. we're talking at war here. This is a right. really potential very, of course, we're going to see more physical demand coming in. People are looking for safe havens now. Uh, so, you know, and, and I think, I think February is going to be a super strong month. I think we're going to have a super strong year. We're going to have a revaluation. Pro I think personally in the first quarter, just looking at everything. And I know, uh, I mean, we're talking, I mean, this is strong, a strong thing to say, but it just doesn't add up to have gold at these levels. It doesn't add up. There's something, the synthetic side of this trade is not 
viable. It's just not possible to keep with such strong demand. And because the commercials who are exposed to the physical market, they don't want to give up their, their, their big gold hoards and their big silver hoards. Of course, they're not mm -hmm. going to give a penny of them. Not one ounce is going to get away. So if they can't lay it off on one of these CTAs, of which that that we've talked about, that bandwidth shrinking, then, of course, the price has to come to a point where it's their will willing to let some gold go yeah and mm -hmm. and i think so there there's where we are and it's tight uh, and the, the physical markets are tight um and you one of the beautiful things i think and i, I know we were sort of trying to wrap up here but you have a huge process going on in the states which really has my attention and it is the safe uh it's the uh the safe money um uh le the legal tendered legislation oh, that's coming yeah. through yeah uh, that's huge and i know you do work on that maybe you could tell me what what, what do you think um i, I mean that because that puts gold and silver on the same footing as federal reserve notes right and, and it's about breaking the debt cycle with sound money i mean what are you seeing my friend there yeah no it, it's a movement that's gradually gaining more and more momentum and you get these individual states there were their laws. You're not taxed for either, you know, for gains or anything. If you uh, liquidate and convert your metal back to fiat, you can use your metal to purchase other things in some places like real estate. Uh, there are big states like Texas that are building their own depositories. Uh, so yes, it's, it's something kind of like the de-dollarization thing. It's happening in the background and you know it is uh, generating positive momentum, but it's not necessarily something you see every day reflected in price. It does, however, though, provide that floor. And that, I, th I think that's probably the most important thing uh, that I would take away from our conversation this morning, uh, Andy. If you're a buyer of physical gold and silver and you're sitting around waiting, well, I'll buy it the next time it goes to 1800, that sort of thing, mm, uh, you might not get that chance. And so the, the the better idea, at least in my in my mind, is just be gradually adding some. And yeah. you, use a, you use a place like Sprott Money to uh, just have regular programs where you buy an ounce a month or something like that. You take some of your dollar savings like these central banks are. They take their dollars and buy physical gold. So why wouldn't you take your dollars or your Canadian dollars or your euros or whatever and buy some physical gold? I'll just add one last thing as we wrap up. It's tax season, Andy. I know you know that, right? Uh I got to do that. That's hanging over my head. I got to get all my receipts, you know, and all the other stuff that we all have to do. But it also means it's time to fund your retirement accounts. And that's another place where you can own physical gold and silver. Sprott Money can help you with that, whether it's an RSP up in Canada, an IRA in the US. Uh, Sprott Money can help you transfer your funds into physical metal. Hmm, not a bad idea. Again, SprottMoney.com. Or of course, call them at 888-861-0775. Andy, it's always so fascinating to speak with you. I thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning, and I look forward to doing it again sometime. Yeah, great to be with you, Craig. And uh, good luck with everybody who follows you. I think uh, they should. And I think um, you, you provide a lot to, to uh, of service, good service to this whole uh, industry, to be honest. Well, thank you, my friend. And uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. Remember, keep an eye on this channel wherever you're watching it. They will have a whole bunch more content from Sprott Money as we go into February. It's going to be a volatile month. 
So sure, keep an eye on us and we'll uh, be sure to talk to you then. Thank you, Andy. Thanks everybody for watching. Have a great rest of your day.